So the training of the mind for the arising wisdom, in this practice, that wisdom, it needs a, an object as well for it to arise. And so that object is uh, anicca, dukkha, anatta, it's change and stress and not self. And so for the arising of peace as well, we need these samatha kamatanas, uh, these meditation objects uh, for that cultivation of peace. So when the mind experiences a sense object, um, then greed, hatred and delusion arise at that point. So we need mindfulness there and to put in effort to abandon this feeling of greed or hatred or delusion that appears. So there's that effort there for its abandoning. And for defilements which have yet to arise, we put an effort for their non-arising, not allow them to come up. So we maintain a sense of, of control over the mind in this way. But when they come up already, then we need to put an effort to abandon them. So how do we do that? Well, we have mindfulness. And we come back to our meditation object, come back to our meditation word. So reciting Buddha, for example, or knowing the breath. Or we can teach the mind that this feeling is something that changes, it's unstable, it's not sure. So whether it's a feeling of love or hate, um, these things change. But due to the mind's lack of intelligence, when it experiences an emotion or a sense object, then it clings to all of those. So if we need to teach the mind that these are not sure things, these are things that change. Just how Ajahn Chah said, if we feel like we really, really like something, we tell ourselves it's not sure. If we feel like we despise something, we tell ourselves it's not sure. So we do this to bring the mind to peace. We put in our efforts in that direction. So if we teach the mind in this way and it listens to what we say, then we can abandon our attachment to all of these things. And what we're doing when we do that is looking at the mind and following up on it. But if we teach the mind and it doesn't believe what we tell it, what that shows is that the energy to our wisdom is not enough and our samadhi is yet not firm. So we need to come back then to bring the mind to peace using a meditation object to gather the mind together and to do this in a consistent way. And we can contemplate as well and have samadhi, have mindfulness there with that contemplation, coming back to our meditation object, back to the meditation word, Buddha, Dhammo, Sangho, reciting Itipiso, the qualities of the Buddha, or reciting Kesa, Loma, Naka, Danta, Tacho, so hair of the head, hair of the body, nails, teeth and skin, and all of these objects are appropriate to use. Or if the mind is getting into liking, delight, 
then we can contemplate the body as something unattractive and use that to release that lust and delight in the mind, to extract that from the mind. So when we do that, what we're doing is putting an effort for the abandoning of unskillful states, and at the same time we're giving rise to skillful states. Because when we are with our meditation object, then that is giving rise to the skillfulness, the skillful states. And so then there's this struggle, this fight that's going on in the mind, that there's this attachment there that's um, arising. And so we need to try then to bring up our samadhi and then to bring up wisdom in the heart until we're able to win that fight. And the mind then can separate from its objects. So the objects are one thing, the mind is something else. Just like oil that's floating on top of water, that it separates out from that water, that those two uh, substances are not mixed together. But they separate out into different parts. So when anger arises in the mind, the Grubha Ajans, the awakened teachers, they're able to use that feeling, that emotion, in their teachings. They can give rise to benefits uh, to that emotion in that way. So like they teach their disciples, saying, what you're doing is not correct, just like a mother or a father teaching their child. But when they're doing that, their mind is able to separate out from that mood. The, the external behavior is one thing, but the internal state is something else. So, externally it can appear just like everyone else who feels angry, that his face turned red all over. But the mind could separate out from that mood. And in just the space of one split second, that emotion was just able to disappear and he could change his mood. So that mood would arise and cease together, that arising ceasing would happen together. And it wasn't kind of, it wouldn't stay within his mind. So perhaps we maybe have uh, ideas about how arahants are supposed to be. And so at times Ajahn Chah, he would talk about things that happened in the past. And I understood that arahants, they're always supposed to be just in the present moment, just with what's happening in the present moment. Then Ajahn Chah talked about a meeting that had happened uh, with the other Sangha members at Bat Bapong uh, two hours previous. And so he was talking about that uh, meeting, telling me about what happened. But I was just like a little child, just like this small monk kid. And I understood that Arahants need to let go of all of their moods, of um, everything that comes up that they shouldn't be speaking about things of the past or moods uh, concerning 
past events, things that they liked or things that they don't like. And really what I was doing was taking my own mind to measure his. Because if I talked about things that I didn't like that happened in the past, then my mind would become sad and gloomy. So I try to always keep my mind in the present moment. And things that I liked, I'd also try not to speak about those things, but rather try to be in the present moment in a state of peace. But Ikrubhajans, as awakens teachers, they can talk about things because their mind is able to separate out from them. But I was thinking in my own heart that arahants, they need to always be in the present moment. So you see what was going on then. I was thinking about these arahants, but I didn't know what an arahant was like. And Ajahn Chah, he knew what was going on, so then he just stopped talking. So really what was happening was I was being a bad listener. And so sometimes he would talk about things in the future as well. He'd mention how he had plans to plant trees in some places. And when he said that, um, then I was thinking to myself that life is not sure and we all need to die for sure. And so when he said that, I, I thought to myself, well, it's he's talking like, uh, or he's thinking like he's not going to die. And then when I thought that, Ajahn Chah said out loud, oh, I've just been talking like I'm never going to die. And so again, this was like I wasn't listening well, I wasn't being a good listener. That really he just wanted a disciple to listen to him. But his mind could separate out from these things. That externally there could be anger there, but the mind wouldn't be angry. He was above all of these objects and moods. In state of Lokutara, is transcendence above the world. So we could say it's like uh, oil floating on water, or like a drop of water that just rolls off a lotus leaf and doesn't seep in. But it's not that they don't experience any anger whatsoever. Uh, that they don't feel that, that's not like that. That in one moment it comes up and then it just disappears. It's not that there's just no anger at all. But, and there's no one there to, uh, no person there to attach to that anger. But when we're still practicing, when a feeling of anger comes up, then the mind clings to that anger. Or like when unskillful thoughts arise, the mind clings to those, that I am thinking these things. That if our mindfulness is up to speed with them, then we'll know that they're not me. We'll see that this is just an object of the mind, it's a Dhamma, a Ramana, that it's not me, it's not mine. We can teach our minds. This is something that's unstable, it's not sure. 
But if we get into aversion towards these thoughts, then the thoughts will just multiply. So we can't try to control the mind in that way. Don't try to control it like that, but rather just train yourself to be mindful so that peace arises. And then when that happens, then these thoughts will just get less and less by themselves. But it's normal that we can think about all different kinds of things. And sometimes these can be quite crazy thoughts. And then if we become afraid of that, then the mind will become more and more unskillful, fall into more unskillful states. Like we can think that if I think these bad thoughts, then I'll fall into hell. And then the heart just becomes very hot through relating to it in that way. So there can be this not wanting for this. And so sometimes there's bhava tanaha, this uh, craving to have, to be, and then sometimes vipavatanha, it's craving not to be, not to have. So there can be that kind of craving towards these thoughts, not wanting them. But we should consider how these are normal things, that these objects of the mind aren't normal. But what happens is the mind and its objects become mixed together, and they don't separate out. So what we need to do is come back to our meditation object, bringing the mind to peace and stillness, seeing the states arise within the mind, and seeing the thoughts come up in the mind and having mindfulness there. Mindfulness which is up to speed with all of the states that arise within it, and then letting go of them, teaching ourselves that these are unstable, they're not sure, they're not me, then we can let go and wisdom can arise. But if the mind doesn't have peace, then that wisdom won't come up and everything we take personally. It's all just a matter of me and mine, me and you. And then it's me that's thinking. It's me that's creating all of these things, me that's proliferating my memories. Everything is me. So when we practice, what we're going for is to try to make the mind peaceful so that it can separate out from its objects. And then if we can do that, then the suffering that we experience reduces, gets less and less. But in the beginning, it can be a huge amount of that. And the mind can just go off thinking about so many different kinds of things and these thoughts can be so many. You can proliferate and create stories about all different kinds of issues. And we really don't like it when this happens. But the awakened teachers, they've taught us how to deal with this. And they say it's like we're eating some meat, and that meat has some bones in it. Or eating fish, and then there's bones in the fish. So what we do is we just take the bones out and we toss them away. And we just consume the flesh. So it's like these moods and objects of the mind, which are not good. We just throw them out. 
and those which are good, we're aware of them, and then we take them to use in our practice. So it's like all of the thoughts that go on. We need to have intelligence around them. Just like trees in the forest. There are many different kinds. There are some trees that are straight. There are some trees that are crooked and bent. And there are vines as well. Many different kinds of different plants. But if we're going to build a house, then we go into the forest and we just pick the straight trees. And we can use those to make posts to build a house. The trees that are crooked and twisted, we just let them go. And so it's like that with the thoughts in our mind. These thoughts that come from ignorance, that come from delusion, we just let them go. Don't attach to them, just put them down. And see that these moods and objects, they're just moods and objects. That the creations of the mind are just creations of the mind. They're not a being, not an individual, not me, not you. And in this way we can reach freedom from suffering. But in the beginning we need to endure a lot and really persist but in our efforts first. We have the understanding that if we gain peace already then we can separate these things out. We can gain an understanding that they're not me. But really All of these things, they're already not self. They're always that way, but the problem is that we attach to them. So when we can see that, when we can see into not self, then the mind becomes empty. It's able to separate out from its objects. So may you gain peace of mind, may you have a lot of mindfulness and make your samadhi well established so that wisdom can arise. And may you set your heart on this.